Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You already know what time it is. So now it's time to turn it up. Surf the radio waves as we begin to burn it up. We all up in your area like landscape. Definitely bringing you the power slam and pancakes. It's the mandate that you tune in. It's time to move out so we can move in. And recognize that this is no illusion. I'm here to clear the air so that there is no confusion. It all started off in the book of Genesis. When Jacob was wrestling with who he thought was the Genesis. And when the man saw he couldn't overpower him. He touched his hip but he really couldn't have devoured him. And from that point, then we hear a name change, rearrange the game, so now we gotta change lanes. Uh, so I'm here to let you know it's time to listen to the Pancake and Power Slam show. Let's go! Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam. Turn it up, turn it up, it's the Pancake and Power Slam show. Uh. Once again, indeed, 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 Pancakes and Power Slams, we are live on the air. We have a lot to talk about tonight. Derek, the Pancakes and Power Slams co-host, will be on the line uh, not too long from now. But we have a lot to talk about. Of course, Raw was action-packed. And, of course, the flavor of the week is we're going to talk about uh, Survivor Series 1996 to 2000. Hopefully we'll have enough time to talk about uh, all of those years. We're going to talk about the the first four years. Of, uh, we're going to talk about the first uh, 13 years of, of Survivor Series uh, this year. Um, you know, maybe I'm sure we'll talk about Survivor Series down the line. And, and of course, uh, uh, next time Survivor Series comes around, we'll, we'll finish it. But, you know, of course, 347-884-8452 is the number to call live. 347 884 8452 is the number to call live. I also said that uh, last last week that uh, we only got uh, I think 2 years uh 2 years in and uh, we got uh, 91 to 93 so we got technically 3 years in. And so we're going to talk about 94 95 uh here in a minute as well. Again, 347 347- Eight eight four eight four five two is the number to call live. Raw was a very very action packed episode. The <laughs> a lot of the 
it was just a lot of commotion within Team Cena and and Team Authority. Of course, the Authority was talking about how they are going to decimate Team Cena to leave only team, uh, only John Cena standing at the end. We saw that, and we also saw some changes as well. So uh, I'm, I'm excited to you know talk about the the Raw, and of course we have the. As always, we have the Survivor Series predictions. We do predictions all the time uh, here on the show before the pay-per-views. So this time will be no different. Again, we have it right now, and it will. And feel free to chime in. Of course, the WeAreWrestling.net uh, streaming live on the show, as well as um, through Facebook. At, uh, on Crave Wrestling, and of course, Twitter at Crave Wrestling. Let us know your thoughts. Let us know what you thought about Raw live to be said on the air. Now, ladies and gentlemen, before we get into Raw, um, of course, we have trivia all the time, um, and we're going to continue to do that. But let us know your thoughts. Let us know your thoughts on just the 138 episodes of Pancakes and Power Slams. Let us know what you think. Uh, and what, one thing that I am very, very grateful of is that it just continues to go higher and higher. The numbers are looking awesome. And the interviews are just coming more and more and more. We have I have a big announcement, another interview coming. Um, we, we've had many people in the Pancakes and Power Slam series, but... Right now, I am pleased to announce that on December the 2nd, on episode number 140, we will celebrate 140 episodes of Pancakes and Power Slams with Ring of Honor rising star Moose. 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 Moose will be on the show live, will be on the Pancakes and Power Slams show Live and in living color, if you will, on episode 140. So 140 episodes, very milestone episode. So we definitely wanted to uh, celebrate the 140th episode of Pancakes and Power Slams in two weeks by having an interview. And what better person to come on Pancakes and Power Slams than Moose? Uh, I'm real. I really like this guy. He, he's he's an awesome. Um, awesome guy. Uh, met him. I ended up meeting him in person, and he's a he's a really cool guy. Now I really like the the uh, the humble spirit that he has. And he's a huge guy, and you know, of course from a former football player, and just continuing to turn some heads and really calls some demand some attention in Ring of Honor at this point of course uh, for all for for all of us who watch Ring of Honor um we know that he is currently teaming up with uh RD Evans and uh, of course Vita Scott is their um their their manager and uh just continuing to continuing to rise up the ladder in Ring of Honor and I'm really excited to talk to him regarding his football career and just uh his passion to endeavor into the the art and uh the art and heart of pro wrestling and just what his 
just what his goals and aspirations is to you know to be in the future as a wrestler. So really excited to interview Moose and uh, yeah, episode 140 we will have him on the show. We've got some uh, other interviews coming up as well. So be sure, you know, be sure to, of course, we, we give you time to announce, uh, we, we give time to announce interviews um, once they are, you know, uh, done in advance, but there's been many a times where um, there'll be uh, indie shows that uh, um, gives me emails and, and, and want to, to have uh, someone promote uh, another indie show on the show, and I am 100% behind that. I absolutely love that. For people who know me well, or who only know me uh, enough uh, within this past two and a half years of the episode, over two and a half years now, um, you all know that I'm a big fan of promoting other people's stuff. And so I, you know, there's been people that I've worked hard to get here in 200, uh, you know, in uh, 138 episodes in two and a half years. I've worked hard, worked hard, worked hard. And. But, however, it would be ridiculous of me um, not to appreciate the opportunities that I've had from Bleacher Report and from Wrestling Inc. and from We Are Wrestling. Um, speaking of We Are Wrestling, you know, they, they, you know they, they appreciated my writing in Wrestling Inc. and just welcomed me in open arms and asked me to um, be a part of the family and, and, and hey, listen, I... I didn't even hesitate to, to say to say yes because I, I stuff like that I'm humbled by. I don't, you know, I'm a type of person that don't think I deserve anything in the world or anybody owes me anything. I'm humbled by opportunities for people to, to appreciate my contribution anywhere and specifically um, in the wrestling world. So I'm I'm excited. I'm really excited about just partnering up, continue to partner up with WeAreWrestling.net and continuing to um, partner up with just different avenues. Of course, the Bleach Report has done wonders in my uh, journalism and writing career, specifically from a pro wrestling standpoint. And all of those who know who follow me on Bleach Report know that I also uh, also write, uh, you know, um, also write bl- uh, football articles as well. I'm a big Ohio State fan, uh, Ohio State football fan, and also uh, I write um, uh, basketball articles too. I'm a big Chicago Bulls fan. So yeah, uh, follow my work over at Bleacher Report. I've been writing for them uh, for about uh, over two and a half years now as well. And I've got a, over five million reads. See, stuff like that is what I'm talking about. I you know, I'm a type of person who don't think that everybody should list, you know, should look at my stuff and the world deserve, you know, the world owes me five million reads. No, every single person, I don't care if I disagree with you or agree with you, every single person who looks at my articles, who comments, especially comments, I'm uh, so humbled and so thankful for. I remember that I wrote a my most controversial article to date was a article that was uh just <laughs> not happy about people chanting CM Punk. I, I was I was very upset. It was one day that I was uh just doing some 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 work with uh with with some writing and some reporting and I was just 
randomly upset about why people continue to chant CM Punk's name. And I wrote an article about it, and uh, man, that article, that article, <laughs> it took, it, it lasted for weeks after that. I, I had tweets and all types of messages weeks and weeks and weeks after that article from both both ends, from both extremist CM Punk marks and also uh, people who were 100% on my side as far as um, believe, as far as just agreeing with what I said. I mean, I, I, uh, of course, there was a, a bit of a bias there as far as people chanting CM Punk, but at the same time, you know, I, I, I wrote it from an editorial standpoint, and people who don't understand journalism, uh, are, <laughs> people who don't understand journalism don't really see stuff like that. They don't really get stuff like that. And I think it's important for people to realize how, you know, the, the the art of writing editorials. I mean, that's that's a part of journalism is writing editorials. If you don't if you don't agree with my editorials, that's absolutely fine. But to scoff and to criticize and to demean, you know, that's just uh, very unfortunate that uh, people would resort to that measure uh, because. A journalists do not believe do not agree with uh, with their view. So, very interesting article that I wrote. But check out my check out my archive. I was just checking out my archive on, on Bleach Report about uh, that was not too long ago, probably a week or two ago, and I was just kind of in awe about like wow, there was some some pretty good articles uh, that I've written. I think of. I'm over 200 now. I don't I don't know the exact number, but uh over 200 articles right now. So and just continue to support Pancakes and Power Slams. We, you know, this is amazing stuff here. All the people who support Pancakes and Power Slams, uh, we are wrestling.net streaming it live and just all the people who have really invested time into making Pancakes and Power Slams a success. I, I'm, I'm, you know, you guys are the reason why I continue to, you know, <laughs> come uh, to the studio at 11 o'clock at night every week live and do what I do because that's what I do. And I love it and it's fun and I look forward to it every single week. And I have a very, very, very busy, busy schedule, and you know, to uh, to have a live show at 11 p.m. every week, you know, it's it's uh, it's not easy when you have a, a very hectic schedule. But at the same time, it's a step away from the hectic schedule, so it, it works. It, no matter what, it works because. Um, I'm just excited to talk wrestling every single week on my platform, my show, my way, my rules. But I'm a nice guy who uh, is a, a a strong man of faith, and so I, you know, I keep it in a, a way that's uh, is pleasing to the ears. So, <laughs> but at the same time. We're edgy here. We talk wrestling. We rant. We we do uh, things that 
causes people to continue to want to listen to our show. I get positive reviews all the time and and I and I'm very very happy and very very thankful of everyone who continuing to listen to the show. So, before we get into raw, uh we're going to randomly talk about Survivor Series, and we're going to talk about some a random topic. So uh, from A to Z, someone hurry up and tweet me something about uh, something to talk to before we get into Raw. Uh, let's see here. Let's, uh, okay, so Sean Mooney. All right, very, very, uh, <laughs> very random uh, name there. So Sean Mooney. Uh, well, thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, we are wrestling.net. Um, um, Mom, thank you so much. I, I, I appreciate it. Uh, said it is a good show. And, I, and I'm like I said, I, I, I'm very thankful. Um, I've had people, uh, you know, I've had people want me to be featured on their shows. I've had people who wrote uh, wrestling books ask me to... Um, uh, be a part of their wrestling book as a person that they interviewed. I mean, stuff like that is just so humbling and so amazing to me. I'm a for for people who know me know that I'm very modest and I'm I'm thankful and and I love to to really communicate with people. Um, I love to write. <laughs> I love to write. And I love to uh, speak. Public speak. I'm a certified life coach, and so uh, I love to really impact people. And um, I, it, all, all out of all the impact that I make just on a daily basis, you know, one thing that keeps me grounded so much is that these people are listening. These people are paying attention. These people are thankful for my contribution to them. And so specific to the wrestling, to the pro wrestling community, I feel the same way. I mean, I've been watching wrestling my entire life, my whole life. I remember when my great grandma was living uh when my great grandma was living uh, she was you know she was uh, elderly and but she was in a cane and um and she would she would uh pay attention and and, and listen and sit in her in her chair in her recliner chair and my brother and I my brother is just a year younger than I am we would she would put pro wrestling on the TV, right in front of us, you know, and this is the early '80s, and she would put pro wrestling on the TV in front of us, and we we literally grew up watching professional wrestling. I mean, because of my great grandma, who was in her 70s at the time, being an avid pro wrestling fan is the reason why I watched and continue to watch and will watch pro wrestling. She passed away uh in 1995 and man it was absolutely amazing that <laughs> that 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 her as a 70-year-old woman wa- watching pro wrestling is, is what is keeping me to watch pro wrestling and nobody else in my family and in my immediate family nobody else in my family watches pro wrestling and I'm the only one. My brother start, stopped watching pro wrestling a long, long, long time ago. But there was just something about pro wrestling that uh, they they want to continue to. Well, it's 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 funny that 
<laughs> there's something about pro wrestling that's making me that made me want to continue to watch it and be just immersed in the um in the pro wrestling community and I'm glad that I made that decision. I'm glad that I'm immersed in the pro wrestling community because it's an awesome community to talk about. I, and people know that I I'm an avid sports fan. I absolutely love sports. Um so it's awesome. And so there's my <laughs> there's my time to really thank everyone. Um the, the 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 show usually every week is so packed and you know sometimes you get so you pay you pay so much attention to the show that um you, you pay you pay attention so much to the show that you forget to thank the people who got you there and I and I vow not to do that so um speaking of live streaming um got some uh, we got some some feedback here in the in the stream here the live stream uh there's people dual screening and things like that let's uh go over to whatever screen that's uh that's that's going on this is regarding the realwrestling.net uh community uh comment screen here hey promote people to come over to to the uh to the thread of pancakes and power slams i've got an arsenal of trivia waiting to happen so everybody who's uh, in this thread right now, dual screen, keep dual screening. So I thank you very much. But go over to whatever you know hot topic is going on right now, and push people to come over to the uh, uh, Pancakes and Power Slams uh, thread so we can have some good trivia from the WeAreWrestling.net stream. So I want to do a Twitter, Facebook, and WeAreWrestling.net. Um, usually, we get some good Twitter answers as well. But uh, the we, we usually you know there's been a few times where we've had some good competition on the uh, live stream over at WeAreWrestling.net. So everybody's listening to the show, um, you know, just uh, there's this, it's out on Twitter right now. Just uh, you know, uh, be sure to retweet or do whatever. Let's help each other and let's continue to um, push this show into new. Heights. So for those who didn't uh, hear me in the beginning, uh, the 140th episode is December the 2nd, and we are featuring Ring of Honor star Moose. Moose will be our special guest for the 140th episode. So I'm really, really excited, really, really, really happy to interview Moose for the show. It's going to be really, really fun. So with that being said, like I, like I said before, uh, you know, Promote everyone to come over to the Pancakes and Power Slams thread. We're going to have some trivia coming up. And we also have Raw Talk and SmackDown predictions. So let us know your SmackDown predictions. And, of course, the flavor of the week this week is Survivor Series 1995. Excuse me. Excuse me. Uh, Survivor Series 1996 to 2000. And we right now we're going to – I said that we're going to talk about 94 – in 95 before, because uh, we ran out of time last week. So real quick, 1994 Survivor Series, um, it was the, uh, it was really the emergence of, of Owen Hart, and um, uh, it was the submission match for WWE Championship at the time, and 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 Bob Backlund, it, it was a, it was emergence of Owen Hart because. Owen Hart really, you know, he made the turn uh, uh, not too long, not too uh, 
before that, I believe it was the the year before, is when he uh, he teased the turn and uh, really kind of step away, stepped away from being under the shadow of of Bret Hart. And of course, yeah, because uh, I believe it was Royal Rumble of 1994 when uh, you know we heard it was the kick heard around the world, and you know uh, it, it was it, 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 it's one of those things that uh, Owen Hart said, uh, you know, it, it, that kick, that kick, Brett, it, it it felt good, Brett, it felt good that kick, and it, and just the the, the heel, and, and it, that's what was so amazing about heel turns twenty years ago, because it was built amazingly. The turn was teased at at uh, the Survivor Series of '93. And then it was a tag team match, and the Hearts that they 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 had their they had their tag team match at Royal Rumble 1994, and Owen Hart was just so upset about being under the shadow of Bret Hart that you know the the, the heel turn came from a kick. That is absolutely amazing to me. And just building heel turns, it took a good two months, and it was even. Even, it was even before that, really, but it was it really started to unveil at Survivor Series of '93, and then Owen made the turn in '94 and accompanied Bob Backlund, who was a another name that resur that had an amazing resurgence over at uh, <laughs> in, in 1994, and of course uh, the the heel Bob Backlund, who really made the crossface chicken wing. Such an, a, a a crazy heelish move at the time. Bob Backlund in 1994. I mean, talk about your, you know, 15 years in the making. You know, making a a 15 year comeback almost, and becoming the you know his champ long time before then, and and come back for another run in '94. Who would have thought? That Bob Backlund, out of anyone, would have made such an amazing return, and, I, and that's actually a pretty good. Um, it's actually a pretty good uh, article for for Bleacher Report as far as uh, you know top comebacks. I think it's an amazing. I mean, and, and be sure to you know uh, on the live thread on Real Wrestling or on Twitter at Crave Wrestling. You know, if you have some um, some some top ten comebacks, if you want to just uh, you know sh- tell me on Twitter or uh, on WeAreWrestling.net, dot net, you know, uh, feel free to do so. And I, of course, I would uh, uh, let it accompany with your Twitter handle, and I will give you credit on the uh, I will give you credit on on, on the article. So uh, be sure to do that if you'd like. But yeah, Bob Backlund was certainly one of those top 10 comebacks uh in, in WWE history because of his emergence in 94 with the heel with just being mentally unstable with the cross-faced chicken wing and I mean it it was just he was just some cookie cutter baby face and then you know he was having some good matches with Bret Hart and just snapped I mean that's amazing amazing television amazing storylines and also at, at uh, Survivor Series '94 was the was the casket match with uh, Chuck Norris with the Undertaker defeating Yokozuna, 
million-dollar team defeating Guts and Glory. Uh, so basically it was Lex Luger versus Ted DiBiase. Uh, the Guts and Glory had Lex Luger, Mabel, Adam Bomb, Billy Gunn, and Bart Gunn. And, of course, uh, the million-dollar team um, was managed by Ted DiBiase. They had uh, uh, the uh, Heavenly Bodies. They had Bam Bam Bigelow, King Kong Bunny, and Tatanka. And uh, the <laughs> Doink and Jerry Lawler had just probably one of the worst, in my opinion, one of the worst SummerSlam, uh, excuse me, one of the worst Survivor Series. Oh, good, 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 uh, really good comment here. Um, Goldust is another uh, top ten comeback for sure. Absolutely, I totally, totally agree. Uh, John Crisp over at the WeAreWrestling.net stream uh, made that. Uh, it was really cool. Uh, I totally agree. The Goldust is absolutely, um, at least, as he mentioned, at least an honorable mention in the top ten comebacks. Totally agree with that. Um, and and uh, on the contrast, someone uh, mentioned that the, uh, that the Warrior had one of the worst comebacks and uh in wrestling history which uh which I agree with too cuz both of his comebacks weren't uh, were, were pretty lackluster um post SummerSlam and and also his other his comeback around uh when he was feuding with Triple H I believe that was 96 if I'm not mistaken or 97 yeah so and then to finish off with uh, Survivor Series um so the Royal Family was Jerry Lawler and Sleazy, Cheesy, and Queasy. They defeated uh, Doink, Dink, Pink, and Wink. And then Razor Ramon's team defeated Shawn Michaels' team. Um, Shawn Michaels had Diesel, uh, Owen, uh, Jim Neidhart, and uh, and Jeff Jarrett. The bad guys had uh, the, the Head Shrinkers and uh, the British Bulldog, One Two Three Kid, and, of course, Razor Ramon. And the '95 Rumble, '95 um, Rumble was was uh, Diesel and Shawn Michaels um, really had having an opportunity to to really show um, their just kind of really headline it. Uh, but Bret Hart beat Diesel in a no DQ match and, and, and won uh, the WWE Championship. And uh, but Shawn Michaels won though. Uh, Team Michaels defeated Team Yokozuna. Yokozuna had uh, Razor Ramon, Owen, and uh, Dean Douglas. And uh, so it was Yokozuna, Razor Ramon, Dean Douglas, and Owen Hart. And then Team Michaels had Ahmed Johnson, Psycho Sid, the British Bulldog, and Shawn Michaels. It was kind of one of those. Um, it was it was kind of an odd pairing team, kind of like strange bedfellows type of type of thing. Um, and then the uh, the dark side defeated the Royals. The Royals had uh, King Mabel, Lawler, uh, Triple A, well Hunter House Hemsley, and uh, Isaac Yankum DDS. And then Dark Side had the Undertaker, um, Savio Vega, Fatu, and Henry Godwin. Um, and then also the uh, Goldust defeated Bam Bam Bigelow. That was his uh, his debut. Speaking of Goldust, uh, 1995 was his uh, pay-per-view debut, and uh, I was quite 
quite all quite awesome. Uh, Kurt Hennig, that's a that's a nice uh, that's an interesting comeback as well. Kurt Hennig back in '02, I think. What was surprising about Hennig was that he was in the top. That you know he was in the the one of the finalists of the of the Royal Rumble that year, and he ended up doing pretty well. And then of course the 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 plane ride from hell kind of really tainted his 2002. Pretty jacked him up pretty well, pretty bad. And I don't think, of course, he would have been in the world title contention. But it was a really, really good comeback. And then another one <laughs> was uh, British Bulldogs comeback in '99. I don't think Bulldogs comeback in '99 was that bad. One thing that I didn't like about British Bulldog was he the the, the dude wore pants. That's absolutely ridiculous. He would—he actually was in the main event. I think it was like the six-pack challenge or, or something like that. Uh, I'm trying to figure out what uh, main event that was that he was in, like the uh, the six-pack challenge or, or, or something like that. I'm sure that uh, someone will let me know. I'll, I'll figure it out. I don't remember exactly what it was, uh, what um, what pay-per-view it was, but but. But uh, British Bulldog, I think it was Unforgiven '99. That's that's what it was. It was Unforgiven of '99, and the, and the six pack challenge was uh, Bulldog. He there was also um, like Rock Mankind, Big Show, Kane, and Triple H. That's that's what it was. The six pack challenge that he was he was in. So he, I mean, he was main eventing when he came back in '99, as opposed to you know just being. You know, a regular person. You know, just a just a kind of a main event guy. You know, before he came back. But the good thing about that is that he actually had an opportunity to kind of revive his career because before he came back in '99, he got in some really bad shape, and I think he was wrestling as um, uh, he, he was he was teaming up with with. Uh, Jim Neidhart, and I think Jim Neidhart was called like Who or something like that, and it, it was just really bad. He was just in really bad shape when he went over to WCW before he came back. So he got himself back in good shape. So that was good, and he also, you know, made the, you know, made the decision to, um, to at least take what he got. But just wearing wearing the pants is really got what really got me. That that was really really awkward to me. Absolutely, really, really awkward. Um, I uh, interesting comment here uh, as far as uh, Owen Hart being one of the most underrated heels. Um, the comment says, "Wish they would have kept the Black Heart gimmick instead of putting him with Jeff Jarrett and giving him a Blue Blazer gimmick." I I agree with that. I, I think the Black Heart gimmick was really cool. It was kind of he was he played like a tweener type of type of thing. And when he, when, it, when he was a Black Heart, Owen Hart, uh, it, it was it showed more of a, a darker side to him that was um, that that gave him a little bit more character than just him being an amazing wrestler. So I think that's a that's a good observation there. And uh, of course, the Body Donnas and, and Survivor Series '95, they defeated the under, Underdogs. The Underdogs was Marty Jannetty, Bob Holly. Hakushi and Barry Horowitz, and then the Body Donnas had uh, Rad Rafford, um, Skip Zip and One Two Three Kid, 
Of course, uh, Rad Rafford, many of us know him from ECW being Louis Spicoli. So, and then, um, so 95 was a very interesting uh, Survivor Series. Uh, really started to bring back, you know, like 92-ish, really broke away from the 4-on-4s, but the 4-on-4s started to come back again uh, in the mid-90s, and so I was cool with that. So that's 94, 95, and we're going to get started here with uh, the Raw Talk, and we'll bring Derek on here in just a minute. We'll be right back. Bring what you got. The measuring stick just changed around here, buddy. You're looking at it. Four corners, three, our mind. Let's go. The whole squad is making it clear we taking this year. You know who we are, but you don't know why we here. So this is where the big boys play. These big boys play like who defies the living God. Get out the big boys' way. Outsiders with the swoop in. We live as kings. You see in us, but our third man waits in the wings. And when the time is right, we shock him with the proper attack. I go for dolo, but ain't solo. Cut the promo in black. Hollywood Hendrix Prizzle pinning them. To the max. And I'm that one looking with the strength of a hundred men. With one intent to see the will fulfilled of the one who sent his son to give himself. But you rap about your gas and your rags torture. White coffins when I drop a bomb. My mic's awesome, never lost faith. You in all space, you can all skate, suffer, but never cripple. No bin walls in my cross face. From here to Saturday, Raven, anticipating. I was frostbit, now I am glacier, mixed with some Vader. Get to hawking with these animals using. God for my defense in Alabama, we jamming. That's beautiful Bobby eating me and Priest. We the dangerous alliance, nah, the Harlem Heat. How to do rag before we do battle. You're talking shit, you all what you speak. This too sweet. Till the number is took back, we repping that wolf pack. The foundation shaking, no mistaking, yeah, we shook that. Trusting God, we trust, pushing forward, never look back. Meekness ain't at all weakness, some people mistook that. Stamping out this crook rap, he turning the power. We're on, on the razor's edge, leg drop after a power bomb. Tired of the lies, man. We bringing the truth through. Diligent and fruitful, the owners in our group too. It's good to be king. Sold out this war is brutal. We playing them war games. Our army go move too. You crew, I'm in the Raptors with a bat in my hand. And stand to shatter all your plans so they don't matter. In the grand scheme, it's that easy. We tag teaming, Steiner brothers, we love it. Demand the win, establish it. This the clash of the champions. <laughs> this is where the big boys play, huh? We ain't here to play. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back after a brief pause. Raw Talk is here. Raw Talk is live. And as well as Derek, our Pancakes and Power Slams correspondent, co-host, good to have you tonight, sir. We are here. We're live. This is Pancakes and Power Slams, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Derek, the Raw correspondent, uh, the Pancakes and Power Slams correspondent. I specialize in Raw a bit. Last night's Raw was uh, typical Raw for you. It wasn't too big, too small. I mean, we saw a title change hands. We saw a... Uh, Another addition to the Survivor Series as far as the uh, team match goes. So it's uh, it had its ups and downs. But uh, we're going to get to that. But everybody, 347-8452. This is Pancakes and Power Slams, the new Tuesday Night Titans. 
Dusty Rhodes stops by all the time. I think he might be here now. Dusty, Dusty, are here? Yes. Yes, sir, I'm here. We are live in a living color. Get funky like a monkey, if you will. Exactly. I mean, we've got everything here. There's pancakes and power slams. That's where you need to be Tuesday night. We're going to talk about Monday Night Raw. The authority walks out. Chris, what happened? Yes, the authority walks out and Ryback appears on stage. Stephanie makes another pitch for Ryback to not be on Team Cena. And, uh... Uh, yeah, and it really boils down to them really centralizing a lot, putting a lot of investment into Ryback, which uh, yeah, it was really, really interesting that they are doing this. And I hope that they don't mess it up this time. I really, really don't hope that it they, they don't mess it up this time because I think that they're doing good, and the fans – are back on the feed me more chance. So there's the uh, there's the uh ability to run with it. There's the ability to to really use it and capture the moment again. You jacked it up exactly 2 years ago in 2012 when the shield came and jacked up Ryback and just decimated his character, just halted any type of Steam and momentum that he was building. Two years later, feed me more chance. He's a babyface again, and here you go, the big guy. And I think it was, uh, I think it was good to to kind of, you know, bring him and just kind of centralize on trying to make a pitch of of John Cena, um, just really. Uh, disparaging him and, and and giving him slightful comments and playing some old school uh, stuff from a couple years ago that was pretty funny so I, I was you know well, from from about a year and a half ago i was okay with the opening segment yeah it was okay and you know it's um the thing about ryback again it does feel like two years ago when uh you know, ryback came onto the scene everyone's getting pumped and the wwe pumped them pumped them and really had gassy matches and didn't uh, really fulfill what they were going to do. They're trying to do that again. But the thing is, I mean, that's great for Ryback, but what's Ryback going to do after he's done with Team C and his Survivor Series is over? I mean, what's in store for Ryback? I mean, are they going to continue to bill him the way that they should have at the beginning, or is it going to go back to what it was? He becomes kind of a comedy relief, dopey, big show type of character. So, I mean, it's really... After Team Cena, that's when uh, what what are we going to see from Ryback? The big guy. <laughs> All right, trivia question. How can we go 42 minutes into the show without trivia question? It was really a good conversation, by the way. And thank you all, everyone on RealWrestling.net stream, who um, you know said some 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 good things about just me appreciating, um, just just really really appreciating. Uh, everyone's amazing support and amazing effort. And real quick, uh, 1993 Survivor Series. I'm gonna I'm gonna touch into that real quick. We did 94, 95. Uh, 1993 was the All Americans uh, defeating the Foreign Fanatics. That was a pretty good, interesting main event there. And then Smoky Mountain Wrestling had some love in 1993. When the Heavenly Bodies, with your boy Jim Cornette, 
uh, defeating yeah. the defeating the Rock and Roll Express to become the uh, Smoky Mountain Tag Team Champions. So, and of course, like I told, like I said, I mentioned uh, the Hart family defeating the, uh, uh, Shawn Michaels and his Knights, and uh, really the the spark of the, the turn uh, from from Owen Hart and then Marty Jannetty, Randy Savage, Razor Moan, One Two Three Kid defeating IRS, Diesel, Rick Martel, and Adam Bomb. I was surprised that that was a that was the the opener. Uh, it was the second. It was the third longest match of the night. Um, and then the Doinks defeating the head. The four Doinks. The when Mabel dressed as one of the worst <laughs> moments ever. When he dressed up as uh, uh, man, when he was man on the mission. That was quite um, <laughs> an interesting thing to see, to say the least. But the, the the good part of that is at least his team won. It was Man on the Mission Doinks and the Bushwhacker Doinks um, defeating uh, the Head Shrinkers, uh, Bash and Booger, and, and Bam Bam Bigelow. So pretty interesting gimmick-heavy 1993 Survivor Series. Yeah, very gimmick-heavy. It was a good Survivor Series. I mean, he had the All-Americans. And the only time you ever see, like, Lex Luger and The Undertaker and The Steiners. All in the same ring together, but uh, you know it was your it was gimmicky. It was very early '90s heavy as far as uh, the pay per view goes. But uh, I'm not going to discredit and say it was the worst one. It definitely wasn't. So no, drinking my crystal clear Pepsi. Remember that stuff? Yeah, I remember the crystal clear Pepsis. Wow, that's a, a blast from the past. Talk about. Talk about you products trying to innovate some type of really catchy. You know, thankfully Pepsi's a, a one of the most uh, one of the top and most uh, uh, lucrative businesses in the in the world for them to just unveil products that had not worked so well. That was one of them. So at the time it was pretty good, but in hindsight, eh, not so much. First question uh, of the night. Really interesting that I, I, I'm going this far without asking a question. How about that? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. How about Survivor Series 95 when Undertaker came back with an awesome, uh, with the awesome mask uh, after, after being crushed by uh, Mabel, King Mabel? That was uh, quite interesting mask that the Undertaker had. All right. Question here. Uh, trivia question: What was what WWE Hall of Famer also had a gimmick named the Midnight Rider? What WWE Hall of Famer also had a gimmick named the Midnight Rider? Next on Raw, we have Triple H, you know, saying that he's going to to, to decimate Team Cena, and the first sign of decimation that we experienced was Dolph Ziggler losing the Intercontinental Championship. Now, I am not okay with this. I think it's horrible. I absolutely think it's horrible. Why? Because, not not necessarily because Luke Harper winning the Intercontinental Championship, although I think that there's a, a list of people that should have been in front of Luke Harper. Granted, Luke Harper, for his size, really, really, really good athlete. But you break away from the Wyatt family and 
you know, a couple weeks in and some vignettes, you become the Intercontinental Champion. I, I don't agree with that. I think you need to work your way up. I know he's been around for a while. He was in the Indies when he, you know, he, he, he was, he's been around for a while when he was, he was Brody Lee in the, in the Indies. But I think that just work your way up and build his, I mean, if you want him to win the Intercontinental Championship, give it a proper build. Otherwise, it, it, his reign just reeks of transitional champion, and they're bouncing this this title around to guys who need a proper build. And, and I just I don't I didn't like the decision. It seemed so rushed. It wasn't a proper build with it, and I was totally opposed to it. I didn't like it either. I mean, it's like Dolph Ziggler. I mean, he's got to stay prominent, especially being on Team Cena and just him losing. I can see where that adds a stiff to make the authority look even bigger and badder. But uh, it, just, it was kind of useless. And it was, again, now he's going to go forever in the annals of history of the Intercontinental Championship title as being a title holder at this certain date at his point in his career. And uh, we'll see how long he holds on. I mean, I mean, if he holds on to it for two or three years, okay, well, that's great. Or if he has, like, a CM Punk reign of the uh, having the uh, title. But, again, it, it's kind of – it was like a useless win. He didn't really gain from it. And Dolph Ziggler, I don't know if he was really hurt too much by it. I mean, he's already lost it once to Miz. So, yeah, it was kind of in bad taste. Didn't care for it. I don't really think it does too much for either one. No, it doesn't. Uh, good job on the uh, thread. Uh, Dusty Rhodes is the correct answer. He was the Midnight Rider. And real quick to adjust a, a question that was posed, what's wrong with the a title change? Good for Harper. See, that's the thing. That's what's wrong with the title change. It's it's much more than just winning a title. And this is me. This is a subjective view from a traditionalist wrestling fan that still believe that people, that titles can really help people's career. I think people make titles. I don't think titles make people. You can't just slap a title on someone and expect them to run with it. I mean, we've seen that many, many times. I mean, no disrespect to Kofi Kingston. He's an amazing athlete, but he's had almost 10 mid-card title reigns. That's That's my point. He's had almost 10 mid-card title reigns, and he still is not any different than what he was seven years ago. Not any different. I think probably 2007, maybe 2009, he had, I think it was 2009 when he was the, when he won the, the, the Survivor Series match when he defeated uh, Randy Orton and CM Punk. And so that was five years ago. And he's been, I think he, I think it was like seven years. I think it was 2007 that he debuted uh, for the East, uh, for the WWE. He debuted at ECW, and uh, I think CM Punk was around that time too. So yeah, it, it was. I just don't understand why you just slap mid card titles. You just can't just slap a mid card title on someone and expect them to do anything with it. The, the the amazing thing about mid card champions in the in the eighties and the nineties, the person was so red hot that you had no choice but to give him a title. Ultimate Warrior is perfect example. 
You gave him an Intercontinental Championship because the guy was red hot in the late 80s. No choice but to give him a a mid-card championship. That's what really created his legacy as a Hall of Famer is what he is now. And so Luke Harper, again, a really, really, really good athlete. Like I said, I followed him when he was Brody Lee in the Indies. Really good athlete, but just to slap a title on him, absolutely, I, I disagree with that. Tyson Kidd defeating Adam Rose. I think we said before, uh, and, and I don't know if you agree with it, but I, I'm okay with the Adam Rose change of character. I think I think the every week, party time, all the time, was getting a little bit redundant, a little bit stale. So this does two things. It finally reveals the bunny soon, and it also gives Adam Rose a heel persona that is going to be funny to see how he's going to do it. It seems like he's going to do it kind of snarky and, and, and very facetious, still dancing with the, the rosebud. So it'll be interesting to see that because he was getting he was getting quite stale. We we've mentioned him on the show. I tried my best to keep holding on to like an Adam Rose because my son likes him, but I you know, I think I'm I'm good. But I the good news is I'm starting to like Adam Rose's change of character and I'm interested to see how far this goes. Yeah, I mean he he needs something for sure. And uh he's gonna get stale and uh fall off the face of the earth in the WWE universe. I don't uh I don't disagree. I mean yeah, he's gotta do something. I mean there's gotta be something done for him or he's gonna end up like uh a certain my boy that's not around too much anymore. But I it's something I don't know. Is this going to save Adam, or is this going to make him? It's going to make him more of a not so one-dimensional as far as party time, excellent Wayne's World. Woo woo woo! <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, I'm not worthy. We're not worthy. He needs something, <laughs> so um, this could be a good turn. I mean, it's, it, he's got nothing to lose. I mean, honestly. So uh, I can see this jump being kind of good for him, but again, are that many people going to be interested? Probably not. Next, we have Bray Wyatt in-ring promo. Uh, Dean Ambrose talks on Titantron, tricks Wyatt, and tags him from behind. Uh, I mean, like I like I've said before, I, I I don't see a payoff with this. I just don't. We'll see, we'll have a good match at Survivor Series. That that's without question. But what's the payoff of a Dean Ambrose versus Bray Wyatt feud? And I agree with what Vince Russo said uh, before. When he was talking about uh, a couple of, a week or two ago, he, he was mentioning on his website about uh, about Bray Wyatt and, and, and Dean Ambrose. He, he was talking about how um, he, he was talking about how Dean Ambrose's character needs to be protected, and I don't think. And we'll get to predictions here at the end of the show, but I don't know if. I don't know if it's WWE's mission. I don't think it's their project to protect Dean Ambrose. And I think the Dean Ambrose character needs a lot more treatment, needs a lot more protection, needs a lot more investment than Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt's had his opportunity. He's been there for over a year now, and he's not any different than when he was 15 months ago. So 
Now it's time for Dean Ambrose to really shine. It's for for them to. He's one of the top baby faces now. Give him the opportunity to be the man for the WWE. And if he beats Bray Wyatt clean, I think that it would be. I think that that would serve the best purpose for this feud. Otherwise, if we just see Bray Wyatt beat Dean Ambrose, it would be pointless to me. Yeah, it would be pointless. And I mean, I don't know what they want to do with these two. It's like they're almost stuck in a stalemate. I mean, Ambrose is on fire. I mean, for the most part, he's got uh, he's got enough momentum behind him as far as his character to be protected. But yeah, if Bray White comes in defeats him. It kind of just puts everything to a stalemate. It's um, it's going to kind of ruin the uh, the Dean Ambrose hype that has behind him. But same thing, Bray Wyatt. He's had this hype, and granted, he's lost a few times. But you're right. He hasn't been any different in the past year, and it's kind of mismanagement, misbooking. But I mean, it's like he almost who's going to lose this match. Whoever's going to lose that match, if it's lost cleanly by a pin or a submission or whatever, it's it's going to almost it's going to be a notch in that character's development almost. Well. Um, uh, interesting comment here. I think it kills Bray Wyatt though if Ambrose wins cleanly. He he's just stalled. But that that's my that's my issue though. That's the reason why I don't know if a Bray Wyatt Dean Ambrose feud was best right now because I think that's a good point that was made. But I don't think either of their gimmicks are worthy to lose right now because Bray Wyatt's he's stalled. He there's been many opportunities for him to be a top guy, and it just has not worked. However, Ambrose, he broke away from the Shield, and, you know, it's only been a few months, and so now is the time to really, I think the investment should be more in Ambrose than Wyatt, because the Wyatt, because Bray Wyatt's had multiple opportunities, even, you know, wrestled a WrestleMania match, a singles WrestleMania match against John Cena. So they've put some, they've put some investment uh, they've they've definitely put some investment in Bray Wyatt, and now it's the time to to put that investment in in uh, Dean Ambrose. Next, we have Ryback defeating Cesaro. It was a, I think this was a decent match. The only thing I noticed about Ryback, and I like the fact that they're pushing him. I like the fact that they're giving him some love and giving him an opportunity. Uh, I I definitely think that Ryback needs to really improve in the stamina area. It was, I mean, after about four minutes, it was really, really rough for me to watch that match. Cesaro, if it, <laughs> I tell you what, thank God that Cesaro really is an amazing athlete, is an amazing wrestler because. He really, really, really covered the weaknesses of Ryback. You can tell that he was gassed out. And if you really want to push Ryback as as a uh, face, as one of the top faces, ah, you need that that guy. I mean, of course, he lives in the gym. He's ripped to shreds. But at the same time, man, he needs to. He needs to spend a little bit more time on those ellipticals for sure. Yeah, it almost reminds me of like the Ultimate Warrior when it was, you know, 
It was all cinema in the first couple minutes after that. It was kind of <laughs> done. But, uh, you know, the thing with Ryback, yeah, but kind of like the WWE kind of needs him. But, again, I just don't know if they know at the end of the day what to do with him. Uh, he's Like I said, he's good for in the moment. But uh, once he's out there a few minutes, it's, you're kind of lost, and you're like, well, okay. So it's, yeah. It's hard to say. I mean, Cesaro all around. I mean, he's an awesome talent. He's an awesome athlete. And I kind of like, we'll get to it later, how he kind of snubbed somebody towards the end of Raw. And that was funny to me. But anyway, it's we'll uh, we'll get to that. What else you got for us? What happened next? Well, before we get to that, next trivia question on deck is, what longstanding patriotic babyface joined Team Canada? Who would dare do that? Who would dare join Team Canada? Who's that guy that was a long-standing patriotic babyface? Speaking of getting lost, you were talking about with Ryback. I was lost with Rusev and Heath Slater. What in the world was that about? Uh, Yeah, they're trying again with Heath Slater. What are they going to do with him? I'm surprised he's even still there, and I hate to say that about people. Because everyone, you know, once you're in the WWE, that's your spot. That's what you want to do for the rest of your career. Yeah. But it's 3MB didn't work. I mean, he's been around for a few years now, and it's he's yeah. I mean, what are they trying to do? I mean, obviously he got his little you know quick pop, but in the long run, I mean, it was nothing. It was kind of a throwaway waste of a time. I mean, what's you know, yeah. what's later going to do against Rusev? I'm seriously. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and the guys. Uh, the guy's a heel. Uh, typically, when he's with uh, he's with with uh, Titus O'Neil with with Slater Gator. So, I mean, talk about flip flop. I was really surprised that they decided to keep. I mean, you know, you you made it. You said it very. You said it very. Uh, uh, to couple couple good comments here. Um, uh, bigger muscles tire quicker; they need more oxygen. Uh, I think that's a, that's a that's a good point. Um, yeah, but here's the thing: I, I'm a certified personal trainer, so I, I'm definitely there, there's definitely a lot of bigger guys, and I've I've worked in fitness for ten years, and there's definitely bigger guys who has stamina. I mean, of course. A lot of guys who are bigger, they spend most of their time doing strength and weight training, but that doesn't give someone the opportunity to stop doing cardiovascular training. I think a lot of guys with, you know, with uh, with big muscles and, and, and are, you know, just r- really big, huge people, they, their stamina is just horrible, you know. So... Yeah, I I I think it's a good point to 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 mention, but I certainly don't think that uh people should stop doing it for sure. But real quick, um and another mention here is which team Canada uh the team Canada and WCW, uh the 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 Lance Storm uh leading team Canada. And next we have Big Show and Sheamus now, Big Show comes out, and then Stephanie comes out and offer him, offers him a spot in the 2015 Hall of Fame. So that was pretty interesting. If, if he left Team Cena, 
and I'm thinking in my head, like away from kayfabe. Like, how in the world? How in the world could you kayfabe that? There's no. So you're gonna turn down being in the 2015 Hall of Fame to be on Team Cena? Yeah, that that makes a ton of sense. So Sheamus comes out, tries to you know uh, convince Big Show otherwise somehow. And then it leads to a match between them two, and then they, uh, you know, Rusev and, and Big Show, uh, excuse me, Rick, uh, Rusev and Mark Henry comes out and, and takes them out. So that was a very weird type of beginning to that match. Why, who in the world would reject being an active wrestler and in the 2015 Hall of Fame? That was absolutely ridiculous. And real quick before you before you comment, Derek, uh, yes, Jim Duggan is uh, Jim Dugan. Is the correct answer. Good job. And again, after after every now and then, I have to refresh the explanation of why we do why we do that. Um, it was one time uh, Derek and I were watching the. We 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 both live uh, in the Ohio area, and uh, you know we we talk wrestling and hang out, you know, every now and then, and and, and watch some old wrestling uh, videos, and and we watched the uh, the the Mid South video that I bought. Uh, and, and when we were watching it over Derek's place, and it, it was really interesting how <laughs> back in the back in the mid south, and this was thirty years ago, back in the mid south, they would pronounce his name Jim Dugan, and there's two G's in his name, so just phonetically it would sound like Duggan, but at the same time they would say Jim. Dugan, and so every ever since then, we would call him Dugan, and it's just absolutely funny. But Dugan is indeed the correct answer. And back to the Big Show and Sheamus segment. Oh, the Big Show and Sheamus segment. Hey, and you want to know the thing about Team Canada on WCW? Why didn't they call it the CWO? I mean, you had the LWO and the yeah. whatever else. I mean, why did, yeah. that would have been great. Why didn't they do that? But anyway, yeah, that's, that's a good that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, with Big Show, yeah, he would turn that out. But anyway, so Sheamus comes out, turns into a melee. But you know, the Big Show, I don't want to see him in the Hall of Fame yet. Anyway, <laughs> so well, for Seth McMahon to come out and do that, that interrupt everything. It's yeah, it was just another silly segment on Raw, and yeah, nobody would give that up. That was a good point to bring. Again, just trying to decimate Team Cena, trying to uh, make the authority look that much powerful. It worked in that regard, but to a fan like me, I was just like, oh, what? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. What was Triple and Next question. Other than John Paul Levesque, what other name did... Triple H have in WCW. Other than Jean-Paul Levesque, what other Terror name Rock. did Triple H? How in the world? How in the world? You know the you know the drill, Derek. He just couldn't resist. He, you were doing good for so many questions, and then you couldn't resist. But that is the correct answer. Terrorizing. Um, I think. Um, uh, well, interesting. It says I think kayfabe. The Hall of Fame will require you to be retired and or dead. That's my entire guess. Um, yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, I can understand that, but but at the same time, I think the I think the funny thing, I think the interesting thing about it was he would be the only active member in the Hall of Fame. But even with the retirement, Ric Flair wrestled after the Hall of Fame, and that's really one of the only people. Well, well, couple you can say you can say Ric Flair, you can say everybody else who are you know trying to scrape pennies in the indie scenes that are in the Hall of Fame, like, you know, unfortunately someone like Greg Valentine. Um, yeah, it's quite quite sad. Um, yep, terrorizing is the correct answer, so, so, so good job there. Next we have Brie Bella defeating Nikki Bella, but Nikki Bella was dressed as AJ, and... Actually looked pretty looked a lot like AJ. That was so that was pretty cool. But yeah, I mean they're they're trying their best to really continue to this this Nikki Bella and AJ feud. And I will say this, I would rather see Nikki Bella and AJ than Nikki and Bree because Nikki and Bree was a disaster and it continues to be a disaster. But at least they're using the Nikki and Bree feud not to be some big centralized feud of the divas division because it flopped and it seems like the it seems like the WWE has decided to count their losses and realize that it did flop. So the addition of AJ Lee and Nikki being in the match for the title, I'm okay with that because I would much rather see that than more and more Nikki and Bree just by themselves. Nikki and Bree the Chatty cats, you know. It, it seems like every time we talk about the divas, we're trying to pull for reasons to like it. We're trying to really find ways to say the diva division's worth watching and worth enjoying and looking at. And I can't find anything. Yeah, with Nikki dressed as AJ, I mean that was fun spoof. But for the most part, again, it's it's just it's time filler. It's a waste, and it's. I almost flip over to Monday Night Football, and I hate to say that because I love Monday Night Raw, obviously. But uh, there wasn't much going on in Monday Night Football either. However, with the Divas Division still, you know, the Nikki and the Bree, that, I mean, it was a horrible thing. I mean, it's something that I don't know if they can ever dig themselves out of. I mean, are they just going to all of a sudden up and become twin friends again? It, uh, it just kind of leads to each week's a different twist and turn, and again, no one really cares. Yeah, and I think that we're in, in the 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 bad thing about it is I think that we're going to see that. I think that eventually to tie into some, you know, the next season of Total Divas that's supposed to come out in January, I really really think that eventually they're going to be BFFs again and and so I'm just like, eh, it's just I just want it to end. I think the feud had so much potential and it just utterly utterly Flopped, 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 flopped. Absolutely. So, next we have uh, the main event, which was uh, what was the, the the last part of the show was the contract signing. You had Team Authority out there, you know, and then Cena comes out and just cuts just some unbearable promo, um, sitting down and talking about each person on the uh, on the list. You know, it, it was just a little bit extensive to me. And 
so my my thing was who's going to be on Team Cena. That was my biggest thing. Like, okay, well, hurry up. Who's going to be on your team? And the good news is that I did get you know I did see that they are doing something different. I'm cool with that. And Seamus not being on the team, I'm not you know that I'm not upset with that at all. Uh, but Cesaro coming out and faking to be on the team, to me, that really seemed as if they were trying to just heat up the iron a little bit and see. It seemed like they were just trying to test the crowd to see if he was going to get uh, a, a baby face reaction to see if they really want to turn him face. Because otherwise, if it wasn't that if it wasn't for that reason, there was no other alternative and reason that made sense. And so, yeah, just him coming out made absolutely no sense. But interestingly enough, I mean, of course, I think it was pretty inevitable that Ryback was going to join Team Cena because they were building around it. But Eric Rowan, now I, I did think about that, I didn't give a lot of time to entertain the thought, but I did think about if it was like about this weekend or even last week that it wonder if Eric Rowan was on Team Cena as a babyface. I think I like the idea though. I I think Eric Rowan, if they decide to make, you know, if they would have made him a, a heel, I think that he would have been shrouded under. Luke Harper, but the fact that they made him a baby face, it's different, and it's it's going to be a little awkward to see someone that looks like Eric Roman to be a baby face. But I think it's a good idea uh, to 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 really see what they're going to do with with Eric Roman as a face. I don't think they're going to do much of anything. Uh, I don't think they're going to make a lot of investment in it. But at least he gets a main event spot as a as a face, so I'm cool with Eric Rowan being a part of it. Yeah, I mean it was a pleasant surprise for an ending of Raw, and uh, it's uh, I didn't entertain the idea as much either. I'm, I don't even know if I did entertain it at all. So kudos to that. Almost, however, I almost thought for a second maybe this is when Sting's going to come out. I just, Sting, wow. Yeah, I almost did. I was. It was. Something was, because they was in a time of, I'd have to watch it again. It was almost like a rap. It was like, we're in this ring for this thing. And I was thinking, here comes Sting. Or something, you know, but uh, wow. I mean, that would have been mind-blowing as well. But, yeah, oh, it's uh, oh, it's uh, it's going to be interesting. And that kind of added a little bit extra to it. That I'm, I'm, I'm anxious to see this match and see how it goes. I really am. So, uh Kudos to that. The end is on a high note, and like I said, the beginning wasn't that bad either. So, I mean, it was typical Raw, but the Eric Rowan coming out and uh, Luke Harper on the other side, it adds a little spice to it. I'm glad that they uh, they they got that part right. I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Absolutely. The next question on the map. Now, this is a tough one. Now, we've got some people who knows their trivia, so this is going to be a tough one. What WCW event did Vader debut? What WCW 
event did Vader make his debut? And of course, Derek, you can't say it yet because I know that you just want, you like to ruin trivia questions. Uh, of course, we know that the listeners get first dibs at trivia questions, and if no one knows, Derek then decide you know, and, and then Derek will do it. So, <laughs> so we'll, we'll we'll do it that way, but. Uh, we are going to go right into the uh, next section. We'll talk about Survivor Series starting in 1996. We'll talk about that, then we'll go into the predictions. It is now time for the Flavor of the Week. 1996 had a bunch of... uh, Matches that really kind of turned the tables and really defined the Attitude Era. You had uh, super babyface Shawn Michaels with Jose Lothario against Psycho Sid. And then you had, uh, you know, as far as the four-on-four matches, they none of them were really uh, uh, of, of worth other than... Um, well, the the, the Furnace and Lafon match uh, and, and Henry Go- the, the Furnace Lafon and Goblins match against Owen uh, Bulldog Marty Jannetty and uh, Leaf Al Snow Cassidy that was a good solid twenty minute match and then you also had uh, the, the the Rocks debut in Survivor Series nineteen ninety six so that was a very monumental moment uh, for the uh, Knights. He was actually he actually won the match for Team Mero, um, which uh, our, our prayers are with Team Mero. He uh, our prayers are with Mark Mero. He uh, had a, a, th- a scare of, of possible heart surgery, but thankfully that um, the tests were negative and he doesn't need surgery. So thank God for that. Uh, but Mark Mero, Rocky Maivia, Jake Roberts, and a stalker which is uh, Barry Wyndham, they uh, defeated uh, Goldust, Crush, Jerry Lawler, and Hunter Hearst Hemsley. Um, so Rock made his, his debut then and won the match. And then Undertaker defeating Mankind, big feud with Undertaker and Mankind at the time. And uh, Paul Bearer was like hanging in the cage above the arena. That was the stipulation there. And then... Um, uh, also, you had Farouk and Vader, Razor, and Diesel defeating Flash Funk, Jimmy Snuka, uh, Savio Vega, and Yoko Zuna. Actually, actually, it was a, a no contest. It was less than ten minute match, and um, it, it, ended, it ended in a, low, a no contest. Interesting, interesting match there. Uh, but it was like a double. It was like a double DQ because they were just all brawling in the ring, and I think. Uh, there was only a couple people eliminated, and then they just start brawling. Um, and then Brett and Bret Hart and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, it was the number one contendership for the WWE Championship, and Bret Hart won. And then, of course, Cycle Sid uh, won the WWE Championship by defeating Shawn Michaels uh, that night. So. Um, yeah, I mean it was a memorable 1996 uh, Royal Rumble. Uh, it wasn't as captivating as uh, you know uh, all the other traditional Survivor Series, but there was some there was certainly some memorable moments on the show. 
there was memorable moments. I mean, he had a lot of people that uh, were just starting out, and they ended up having pretty lucrative careers. Uh, you know, I mean, with, uh, honestly, I think it was kind of a bummer of a Survivor Series. Uh, not too much going on. I mean, Owen Hart, British Bulldog, with Marty Jannetty and Lace Cassidy, like you had mentioned, uh, against the, yeah, the Godwins and Doug Furness and Phil LaFonte. I mean, Bret Hart defeating the Stone Steve Austin, that was like a precursor to what they were going to go up against in uh, that, that coming on to uh, WrestleMania 13 with the, uh, what was it? Uh, the match with Ken Shamrock and everything. But anyway, from stemming yeah. off of that... It was a it was a good typical pay per view. I mean, he had Jake Roberts for his final last gasp, kind of with the uh, WWE back in the mid late nineties. So it was a Survivor Series, but I wouldn't say it was too much. Yeah, ninety seven was interesting. Ninety seven was the year of just the. Factions. There were so many factions, just random factions in the WWE of 97. You had the the Truth Commission and the DOA and uh, Lost uh, Bariquas. They, they were, you know, big around that time. And it was just <laughs> none of, no faction. And then, of course, the Nation of Domination were, were big at the time, that time, too. And so, yeah, I mean... I think really the Nation of Domination were the only faction that did that, that really did something at the at the end. But New Age Outlaws and the Godwins defeat the Headbangers and new, the New Blackjacks. Truth Commission defeated defeating the DOA. Uh, thank God that match was only ten minutes because it was rough. Uh, Team Canada defeating Team USA. That was a really good match. I remember watching that match and uh, uh, it was uh, it was really. The opportunity to uh, – it, it was really the opportunity for Team Canada to shine because they were in Montreal. And, of course, we know we'll, – we'll talk about what happened here uh, later in the, in the card. But the undercard to the, the biggest, the most the, the most controversial and the most talked about Survivor Series and, and WWE history – the undercard wasn't that impressive. Uh, the Road Warriors and Ahmed Johnson and Ken Shamrock, I remember that match when they defeated the Nation of Domination. I think that that was a, a decent match. Uh, I think uh, it was good to see the Road Warriors win because that was one of the only good moments of their latter WWE career. Their latter WWE career was just not good. They were booked so poorly. Steve Austin defeating Owen Hart to win the WWE Intercontinental Championship. Of course, we know, um, you know, uh, the the complications that came with him winning the championship, and of course, the infamous Montreal Screwjob, Shawn Michaels defeating Owen. Excuse me, Shawn Michaels defeating Bret Hart. Oh yeah, most controversial SummerSlam pay per view of all time. Um, and who can forget about the Truth Commission? I mean, for crying out loud, that was, at their time, the best. The Truth Commission um, makes me want to cry out loud. It was not a good thing. It was definitely weird. But uh, then again, he had the Montreal Screwjob. And he also had, like I said, the Owen Hart and uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Well, that's where Austin hurt his neck. And remember the uh, Owen Hart t-shirt, Owen 316, says, I just broke your neck. 
I wish I could find one yeah. of those. And I mean that yeah. was I would love to have one of those T shirts. It's Christmas time, pancakes and power slams. Give love to your host. But anyway <laughs> so yeah, I mean that was definitely Montreal Screwjob. I'm sure you've got a lot to say about her if we go on to a ninety eight but controversial win everybody knows about it. I don't need to explain anything. It was something. It was one rowdy night. Sure was. Uh, the correct answer uh, is, uh, do, do you know the correct answer to Vader's debut? Was it called Battle Bowl, I think? Um, no, it was actually um, it was actually a Class of Champions. Um, yeah, Class of Champions, yeah. Yeah, he beats uh he beat Tom Zink. He beat the Z Man Tom Zink. Uh class of the champion. I didn't know, I didn't I didn't say a pay per view, I said event. I didn't say a pay per view. Aha. Uh-huh. See? That's oh, what happens well. when people don't people don't listen. <laughs> let's oh, get to uh <laughs> let's get to uh Survivor Series nine ninety eight real quick before we close up and get the predict uh, predictions. Uh daily game tournament. Um just the the deadly game tournament participants was uh mankind al snow jeff jared uh dwayne gill um austin bossman uh stephen regal ken shamrock x pac gold dust uh the rock and big boss man also undertaker and kane uh they were they were a part of it and uh, the last, the final four was uh, well, the, the the quarterfinals and, and were uh, um, Mankind, Al Snow, Undertaker, Kane, Rock, and Ken Shamrock. And then uh, Mankind defeated Austin, and The Rock defeated The Undertaker by DQ. And then, of course, The Rock uh, joined the corporation and won the WWE Championship. Also on the card was the New Age Outlaws defeating D'Lo and Mark Henry. Um, and also we had uh, Val Venus. Uh, uh, let's see. There was also uh, yeah Sable and Jacqueline. Sable won the uh, the women's championship uh, that night too. But it was it was mostly revolved around The Rock winning the uh, WWE championship and joining the corporation. Yeah, again, it was 1990. It was in the heat of the Attitude Era, and of course The Rock won his due. Uh, you had a lot of matches that night. I remember that. It was like, how many matches are they going to have? It was a ton of them. I think almost like 20-some yeah. matches. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was a, it lot, a lot of them. It wasn't your traditional Survivor Series, but uh, it was it was okay, and I got what they were doing with it. So Overall, it was yeah. good. Like I said, it was kind of a who's who of the Attitude Era at the time. Yeah, real quick, uh, we only got a few minutes left. I want to get to, I want to squeeze these in right quick. Uh, 99 uh, was uh, not a traditional uh, Survivor Series match. There's only uh, the two, four, and four matches. Um, the Mean Street Posse losing to Blackman, Gangrel, Mark Henry, Val Venus, and British Bulldog. Kurt Angle defeating Sean Stasiak. That was one of his uh, um, defining moments at the beginning of his career. Uh, he was feuding with Stasiak and Steve Blackman, things that only he was feuding with. Godfather D'Lo headbang, uh, defeating the headbang, well, and the headbangers defeating the Dudleys and the Acolytes. Um, that was the other uh, four and four. Kane defeating X Pac by DQ. Uh, a, a tag team match. Uh, May, Moolah, Tori, and Deborah defeating Ivy, Luna, Jackie, and Terry. 
for some reason, China defeating Chris Jericho, I couldn't stand that. It was uh, made me absolutely sick. Uh, Too Cool and the Hollies defeating Edge and Christian and the Hardys. Uh, and then Al Snow and Mankind losing to the New Age Outlaws. And Big Show defeating Triple H and The Rock to win the WWE Championship that day, that night. Yeah, it wasn't really. A, it was different. It wasn't that great of a SummerSlam, honestly, for 1999. So Survivor Series means Survivor Series. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So that's what it was. Yeah. Uh, real quick. Um, let's see here. Uh, the 2000, real quick. Uh, it, it, we had uh, Steve Austin and Triple H, no contest, uh, and then the W the Championship matches was Kane defeating The Undertaker in 2000. Um, very interesting. They, uh, excuse me, Kurt Angle defeating The Undertaker. Uh, the Dudleys and the Hardys defeating Edge and Christian and Right to Censor. Rock defeating Rikishi. I did it for The Rock. Ivory and uh, Lita. Ivory keeps her title. Radicals uh, defeats uh, DX. Uh, Steve Blackman Crash and Molly defeating TNA. And Kane defeating Chris Jericho. William Regan defeating Hardcore Holly. All right, real quick, uh, let's go. Team Fox against Team Page. Which one? Team Page. Uh, yes, I agree. Team Page. Uh, the four-way tag team match. Golden Stardust, Usos, Los Matadores, the Miz, Damian Mizdale. Gold Stardust. Yes, I agree. I've got I've got Bray over. I've got a controversy. Uh, I don't think we're going to see a clean uh, finish from Ambrose and Bray. I don't either. They can't afford it. Yeah, I've got uh, I've got AJ defeating Nikki Bella. Yep. Uh, Team Cena versus Team Authority. I'm going to say the Authority. I've yeah I've 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 got them too. I've got I've got the Authority winning as well. And then Fandango's coming back to be in the pre-show match. We don't know if he's going to wrestle yet, but he'll I can't be back wait. with Rosa. With the, yeah, I'm sure you can. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. We are Wrestling.net stream. Thank you so much. Uh, follow at Crave Wrestling. Until next week, uh, enjoy Survivor Series. We'll see you next week. Day loves Elijah, and God bless. Have a good night. Goodbye. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.